0: Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just €50 euros, and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to workshops, or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Ford Friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and today this is episode two of our five-part series with Hassan, and we are talking about the way that Gen Z are kind of approaching the future of the specialty coffee industry. And in today's episode, we're going to look at how Hassan is a representative of the entire Gen Z population in coffee. (laughs) Which you know, I'm not sure that it was fair to do that to you, but we've done it nonetheless. But how do you see the industry evolving over the next decade? When you you're 19 at the moment, in 10 years from now you'll be 29. Um, it, being someone who's doing a business degree and marketing, I suspect that you want to get into business. Is that correct?
1: Definitely. Okay. The business of profit, I would say.
0: Again. Say again? The
1: business of coffee.
0: The business of coffee, right. So how do you, and and that can mean a lot of different things, right? So how do you think, how do you particularly see the industry evolving over the next decade?
1: I feel like renting as we were saying, some of the best years of the industry. As you said, the foundations are all laid down. Now mm-hmm. we're building the house and the trees on top of that foundation yeah. and using technology innovations and new upcoming methods to improve that mm-hmm. and a key focus I would say of the future now is the sustainability behind things especially from a climate change perspective and making sure every step throughout the chain is done correctly and when I say correctly what does that mean I would say a key focus in quality and transparency is a big one Especially making sure things are being taken care of, you know, mm-hmm. taking away the toxic side of things. Because I feel like as a generation, we tend to speak up a lot more about these topics. We definitely want to see change and we are very susceptible to change ourselves considering we've gone through this past decade or just new technologies. Always, always. What's the new thing? What's the new trend? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the big thing? So I feel like that's kind of put a mindset within us to always keep us looking for something new. Mm -hmm. and innovating and pushing forward and where is the next big thing, keeping relevant on top of things. And I feel like seeing that being deployed over the next generations from coffee farmers to, you know, people opening coffee shops and roasteries and how that's going to maybe change completely, it's going to be really interesting, a very, very interesting one for sure.
0: Do you think that Gen Z as people working inside the industry, not as consumers, so as the Mm -hmm. workforce, and we're going to talk about tech in the next episode, but the, do you think that as Gen Z are in the, the, the kind of the base of the workforce at the moment, mm-hmm. how much of a weight are you putting on your decisions of where to work based on their sustainability practices?
1: I would say it's not only sustainability when it comes to that case. Sustainability mm-hmm. is definitely a key one. But then the work culture. And okay. you know the day and how things how things work, how are things looking within the coffee shop, what's the community like? you know what kind of customs am I dealing with on a daily basis is really a big one, you know, because that's what kind of sets your your environment, your workspace, where am I working? Am I going into work, uh, dreading it? or am I going into work excited? because I, I sure would love to be excited, you know, excitement and be, being able to bring that good energy into the space. And push it forward for not only the customers but also for your coworkers. You know, making it fun, playful, interesting. So I feel like that's a really, really big one. And we're starting to see a lot of interesting things happen. A lot of interesting things happen with baristas because I feel like we're a generation that I've had a lot of options. And I feel like to choose to be a barista is a very big thing because it's very demanding, both physically, mentally, from many different aspects.
0: When you say it's a very big thing, what do you mean specifically by that?
1: The demand you need for it. So not only I would say you need to have maybe an openness to how you do things, you know, like an open mind of who you're going to meet today, what kind of coffee drink are you making? Because I get, for example, at the coffee shop, very interesting drinks. And I always ask why, you know, why do you like to take your coffee this way? You know, why, why do you do this sort of thing? And I feel like something I'm slowly learning is there's a story with every cup and why people like certain things and they're always interlocked with maybe a story or an experience they've had. And I feel like being being able to encapsulate that and maybe bring that back to the customer with the value and the smile and the experience truly makes them remember it because people remember how you made them feel. Maybe not necessarily what you said sometimes because, you know, over time, many things happen. But if you made them feel in a comfortable, welcoming manner, they're going to come Mm -hmm. back for sure.
0: And do you think that do you think that a cafe is gonna and, and we will talk about this in mm-hmm. future episodes, but when we're looking at the way that the industry is gonna evolve over the next decade, and the industry itself, do you mm-hmm. think that that cafes and their employees or cafe owners and their employees, do you think that those relationships are going to change over Over the next decade, and how do you think they're going to change?
1: I feel like the integration of technology is slowly up and coming within our industry in comparison to maybe the other side of coffee, you know, the commercial side with the espresso and so so, so forth. They've already entered that sort of space where all they have to do maybe is click a button, select a coffee. Anyone can do it right now we're starting to see that within our industry with the innovations that are coming up for example the way that milk is being steamed it's being able to maybe right. perfect it more than i can do 100 percent of the time right and in this new influx of robot baristas and this sort of thing they're all going to play very interesting parts and i feel like the job of the barista is slowly shifting towards the attitude you have towards towards it and how nice you're being and you know the customer engagement you're giving while making yeah. things a bit easier for you on that side so maybe less work on the coffee physically but then more work from engaging with the customer and mixing mm-hmm. those two is going to be a very key part I think on top of keeping relevant with the trends and what you're offering and that sort of thing so I feel like you have to really listen is it really big on listen 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 to us because I feel like we need to be even sometimes more of a voice, or maybe we're afraid to speak up because so-and-so has been in the industry for X amount of time. Mm-hmm. So he knows way more And you know, I'm a young kid, what does he know? And this and that. So I feel like the companies that are listening and the people who are truly, truly listening and able to take an open mind to perspectives are truly the ones that are succeeding and learning from this.
0: Yeah. Matt Perger um, calls it the coffee concierge. Ooh. That you will no longer need baristas, they will become coffee concierges. And I think it's pretty accurate. I think that's that's the way to look at it. Now, you as a business owner, somebody who's looking to be in business, you've been pitching to Nespresso, you've been written up a number of times. Congratulations. I'm very proud of you. Um, tell me what you think business is going to look like in the industry in a decade.
1: It's a very good question. Yeah. <laughs> um... Where do I start?
0: Do do you think that do you think that the barrier to entry into business is going to be the same? Like right now, the barrier to entry is capital, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's going to be the barrier to entry in ten years from now? Yes or no? Tell me.
1: Because capital, I think you're going to start needing potentially more capital going forwards because you're going to be investing in more. Technolo- technological pieces of mm-hmm. equipment to push you forwards with your quality and precision and quality control, so on and so forth. But then at the same time, it's not going to be the case of I have a lot of capital. Let me try and open a coffee shop or a roastery. Let's see where it goes. Maybe I don't know too much about this topic. I haven't studied too much. I haven't explored. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to start to see maybe less and less of that and more passion coming in towards this industry from my generation because. I would say in comparison to previous generations, we have a lot of options. Like we've been luckily given a lot of options mm. and we're only gonna do things we truly see the value in. And I believe that and I've seen it most definitely. If I don't see the value in something or I'm not passionate about this thing or I'm don't, or i not loving it, I'm waking up hating it in a sense, I'm not gonna do it, simply.
0: Tell, so me, tell me more about thing. that. Like there are a lot of people who are hiring your in your generation And nodding their heads right now and saying, that's exactly what we've experienced. So
1: It's kind of overlooked as lazy, I would say, typically, you know, the lazy greaser, the lazy worker. But I feel like a way we can, you know, reactivate the flame or the fire within this person is Mm -hmm. to see what motivates them. Because we are motivated by not only financial incentives, but as I was mentioning, maybe a, a good work environment what am I working, what am I pushing maybe having a chance to go on a little training maybe or you're sending me to this cafe to see what it's like to give me a different perspective maybe talking to, maybe for example I have coffee friends that come over maybe I'm help introducing them to my staff maybe they're able to ask them questions and explore mm-hmm. making them feel truly welcomed and they're a big part of this because then in return they'll take care of your business and they'll provide value mm-hmm. to you and for them as well and that'll be a very, very big thing pushing you forwards more and more.
0: Okay, this is very enlightening. I, I uh, when my clients, when my consulting clients say to me, "I'm just so frustrated because I don't know how to motivate my team," and you know, most people who own cafes are either older millennials or Gen Xers like me, mm. and we have mm-hmm. a very different approach to work ethic and and. It's the frustration is real from those people who I get messages like, Lee, why do I have to high five my staff when they pull an espresso shot? (laughs) I'm like, well, this is just what you have to get used to. But what you're telling me is create a culture that I want to exist in. And I won't need a high five.
1: Create a space where I feel welcome and valued, quite literally. Like listen to me. If you're listening to me, I promise you, I promise you, I'll deliver very, very well. Like talking from the barista point of view to maybe a manager or an owner. Because I feel like we don't get listened to sometimes. And it truly makes us not want to give back a lot. I don't know. So what do you one.
0: mean by listen to? What do you want what do you want to be heard on?
1: Let's say I'm talking to a customer and this customer's come from, let's say Saudi Arabia. And mm-hmm. over there they've had this new drink that they've invented and maybe he's giving me a sample to try. I'm like this is incredible maybe we'd we'd love to see this and then i go to pitch it to you and then you're instantly like nah i'm not gonna work you know not, not, not on the market i don't think it will succeed then that kind of shuts me down instantly i'm like oh why did i even say that I feel okay. to, you know so i feel like if we're able to value the thoughts and kind of what we say and maybe open up space for it it's all about creating space and the right energy if we're able to do that and create a collaborative space where it's not just you're the final decision maker. It's also a bit with your team, so maybe more of a democratic kind of standpoint. You know, <laughs> being a bit more of a transformational leader is something we truly love to see, I think. I... And even maybe having managers as people like a manager who's managing me that's closer to my age, for example, but like that truly creates more of an interesting one because someone maybe who's a bit, let's say, a year or two older than me, we're still very similar in age. We've still you know lived through very similar experiences. So I feel like I can look forward to him and maybe interacting with him. Even though he's my manager, we can still have a, a good business relationship.
0: Okay. I, I hear you. And and I know that there are a lot of people out there who own businesses right now who heard what you just said and went, so what you're asking me to do is give you decision making power into my business. And th- they are thinking that would probably be a very hard decision to make because I mean, businesses are, you know, businesses are razor thin margins. And if you make a mistake and you haven't demonstrated that you understand profitability or don't understand profitability or your reasoning or whatever, I think it's a really fascinating idea to explore this idea of letting your staff help you make decisions. And what I think is even more fascinating is the expectation that comes mm-hmm. from Gen, uh, Gen Z because we can't get away from it. It exists everywhere. The expectation that they should be listened to, uh, that you guys should be listened to, is and, and you expect it. And I think it's going to be a fascinating thing that plays out over the next decade to see if people choose to continue to hire people who have this expectation or they decide to transition to having more automation so that this doesn't become something that dominates their industry, which sets us up perfectly for the next episode where we're going to talk about tech. (laughs) So (laughs) let's do that, folks. Uh, Join us in the next episode. We are going to talk about how tech is going to shape the future of the industry and most likely continue this conversation that we're having in this episode. Peace, love and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day.